Hey everyone, welcome back to the Outer Banks Health History, the official podcast series of the Outer Banks Hospital Medical Group. This month marks 20 years since the hospital opened. We will be celebrating with weekly episodes that feature guests who will speak about life before the Outer Banks Hospital as well as its early years. We are your hosts, Denise Schnabel. And I'm Wendy Kelly. We're in for a treat today because our guest is an Outer Banks icon. He's responsible for several high-profile restaurants in our community and made his mark by organizing the longest St. Patrick's Day Parade in North Carolina. You may know him from Mako Mike's or from Pamlico Jack's or from the famed Kelly's Restaurant and Tavern. Let's welcome the one and only Mike Kelly. Hey, Mike. Hey, Hi, Mike. How are you? Denise and Wendy, excellent. Nice seeing you today. Good to see you. So thank you for being here. Before we begin, I would like to tell our listeners that even though they have the same last name, Wendy and Mike are not related. Thanks, Denise. You're welcome. Um, well, you could be long lost cousins or something. You never know. Could be. Could be. But All right. Let's talk to Mike Kelly. Thank you for being here again. So, you have done so much for this community. How long have you actually been on the Outer Banks? Since 1972. I graduated from college, took my last exam, came to the Outer Banks, and haven't left yet. That's amazing. It is amazing. How did you come here? Why did you end up here? I grew up in Elizabeth City and uh, came often to uh, visit during the summers when I was in high school. And then as I got into college, I got a job at a restaurant, enjoyed the business, and then just continued to stay and had a lot of friends down here, too. So that was the 1970s? The early 70s. We graduated in 72, yes. Uh So do you remember when you came here that there wasn't a hospital? Very easily. But when you're... uh, 21 and 22 years old, the need for a hospital doesn't seem to be as relevant as it does when you're 71 and 72, (laughs) I will tell you that. So, did you ever need a hospital? I've needed a hospital on more occasions than I thought in all the services that they uh, offer. Yesterday, I had a colonoscopy. Today, I had a uh, <laughs> uh, an eardrum pierced because I had liquid behind my eardrum. And those oh. are two things you would just never begin to think. And I'm very thankful for the hospital, but I'm very sorry that I'm falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're here for you. Well, at least you don't have to travel back to Elizabeth City for your health care these days, right? You're no. local and you're all here. So no. tell us a story. You told us a funny story um, about your teeth and the fact that there was no medical care for you. Tell us that story. In July of 1967, I was down here visiting some friends, specifically a girlfriend, and uh, we were out on the oceanfront in Nags Head, approximately the area of the restaurant right now, on the ocean, having a good time, and her mother went to get us a pizza for lunch, and it was probably about 1 or 1.30 by that time, and we were playing around with a surfboard, and of course, we were uh, trying to surf, and there was not enough surf to begin to make yourself be able to surf, but I'm probably pretty lucky because it was what I was just first starting to learn. And next thing I know, all of a sudden, a wave came, and we were sticking around, and next thing I know, it hit me in the mouth and busted out. And very fortunate that it just hit me pretty square in the mouth and only busted out about five teeth. <laughs> only five? <laughs> so, only five. So, so, and luckily, we had a <laughs> towel on the beach, and we took the towel and stuffed it in my mouth and <gasps> tried to stop the, the bleeding and everything, and then just 
get across the street and we made a call and i don't think you had 911 at that time of course i don't know because you didn't have a cell phone so you didn't, couldn't begin to call from the beach That's you just right. had to walk over to the house and i don't even know the can we recall the house had a telephone probably had to go to like the j- phone booth the, on the corner <laughs> the phone booth <laughs> on the corner and begin and call them. uh and uh, sit there and wait for the ambulance. But as we waited for the ambulance drove up, but it wasn't an ambulance. It was a <laughs> station wagon. It was a Ford Fairlane station wagon. Wow. And it was what Dare County had at that time. And it had some oxygen in there and had a stretcher that you laid out and began to look at it. And so, and then you didn't go to the hospital, which would have been approximately a mile and a half from where the uh, accident happened, we had to go to Elizabeth City to Applemore Hospital. And that was a probably about a, uh, 60, uh, probably about 65 That's right. miles away. That was a very exciting time. Do you remember that, that ride in the Ford Fairlane up there? Were you in pain? And I do remember, too, that my girlfriend's mother said, looked at me in my teeth, and she says, what am I going to do with these pizzas? I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, pizza were, were, were the priority at that moment. But anyway, no, it's, it's, it, it was just very basic. It was the back of a station wagon with a stretcher and the medication and two EMTs, one driving and one riding shotgun. I'm very fortunate it was taken care of, but also very happy of what we have to offer on the Outer Banks now to begin to address those kind of situations and not that teeth would have grown back any quicker or anything, <laughs> but I was fortunate it was not catastrophic. It was just a trauma and it was more trauma for my mother than it was for me. But other than <laughs> Of that, course. Aw. Well, well, I got to admit, I was wondering what happened to the pizzas. I was, <laughs> I was sitting here wondering. So do you remember when they were beginning the whole process of building the hospital and what was that like in the community? Were you already a restaurant owner by uh, then? Um, do you remember probably, in 2002? 2002. 2002, oh yes. I had my first restaurant. I had worked in ones from 1970 to 85 and then bought my first one in 1985. Oh, okay. the, but it was a lot of politics were involved because there were very few regional hospital operations that wanted to locate in Dare County. We did not have a great deal of population. We were seasonal, and they felt that that was not going to be able to address the, the needs. You have to also realize that in the mid-'70s, we didn't have a single doctor on the outer mm. banks. And Dr. Walter Holton came <laughs> in about 76 or 77, and he was the only doctor on the outer banks. Now, Gosh. I would assume that we probably have... 60 to 90 doctors or something on the year. I have no idea yeah. you would have. More what? than one. <laughs> more than one. <laughs> yeah, more than one. But we're stretched out. I mean, to think of not having a doctor on the main part of the uh, northern outer banks, think of what happened on like Hatteras Island. That's right. Happened in Kerala. I can and, imagine. And things like that. It was just, it was just what you would take you for granted. So we've noticed some changes since the hospital came in 2002. What do you think some of the big innovations are from your standpoint? And from as a business owner, how did the hospital impact your businesses? It impacted very positively because we had an employee that anything from a bad cold or you know whatever the need was they were available they were very limited especially at the beginning because they didn't know what they needed to be getting into and i i'm sure that from 2002 into 2022 that there's been been 
the opportunity and the specialties that, that we've been needing to have. And just like I said today already, I mean, in the last 36 hours, <laughs> I've had a colonoscopy and again, an eardrum pierce. Somebody to take care of the getting liquid out of your inner ear. And that was not even around. We were more mm -hmm. talking about general practitioners. Mm -hmm. And what has begun to occur and the population of Dare County is so happy with the hospital and the services that it renders and the mobility that is taken on itself of having people located strategically around the county and a great deal of hospitals mm -hmm. and uh, a great deal of services being offered is just a great deal more than anybody would have anticipated that time ago. Mm -hmm. And the specialties that the doctors offer and the people, they come down and they, the mm -hmm. doctors themselves and their families enjoy relocating to the area. We offer a great deal as far as natural resources mm -hmm. and just really enjoyable and it's good to come down and have a job and do what you do. Being all the way out here, we really are rural. We're as far, as far east as you can get, and to have the, the services that we have out here is pretty unusual for this kind of community. And so I came one year after the hospital opened. I didn't know what it was like without a hospital, and I think many folks here don't know what it would be like without a hospital. Mm -hmm. I will remember that a friend of mine, Francis Meekins, who was the owner of the Coastland Times, which was the main public relations, main marketing type thing, main information mm -hmm. uh, type of thing for the Outer Banks, and called me up one day when I was on a, the Dare County Tourist Bureau board and talked to me and he was mentioning about a piece of property he had in uh, Kill Devil Hills, which is where the Lowe's is right now. And he mm. was mentioning how people had wanted to buy his piece of property and he was not interested in selling it. Huh. And he was going to begin to do, and he said, there's only two things I will ever do with that property. And he said, I want you to help me to begin to do one of them. And either one, I don't know. I said, well, Mr. Meekins, what is it, the two things that you would, that you think is so important? He said, one is a hospital. Oh, and that wow. was the very first thing. That ended up not being the location uh -huh. of the hospital, but there it is, the person that had yeah, a great a dream, deal of influence in the mm -hmm. county and began to put out a lot of positive comments about the hospital. And, and this was in the early, mid-90s. And then, you mm -hmm. know, a short time, seven, eight years later, there was a hospital. But... You did saw that, and you saw the county commissioners and the towns just wanting to begin to do it. There was a, up behind the Ace Hardware in Nags Head, there's a, on the hill, there's a small on-call type of mm -hmm. thing, but that's where the EMTs operated out of. They had a landing pad there for a uh, helicopter, and I think they had real ambulances by that time, but that was a, a, a big thing. And what, one of the steps about how we progressed so much on the Outer Banks. We really have. That's pretty cool that he had the vision that he would put a hospital on that property. I mean, that's pretty neat. So tell us, you've been here a while. You've seen a lot of things. You've done a lot of things. You've experienced a lot of things. What would you like to see the Outer Banks moving forward? Anything? We have a real need at present for workforce housing. I mm. think if we're going to grow and if we're going to be able to take care of the people that come down here to call this their home on a permanent basis or the people that come down here to begin to vacation and to enjoy this. And there are a great deal of people that come down on a part-time basis that mm -hmm. own a property, own a home, mm -hmm. and some of them rent them out, some of them don't rent them out. And I know that things such as Airbnb and there are a whole lot more opportunities, mm -hmm. and I think we've seen this in 
unbelievable amount of growth in the last two years. The COVID has just uh, affected us significantly different than I ever would have anticipated. Mm -hmm. And the fact Mm -hmm. is that all of a sudden, you know, I would never have thought that with a pandemic going on that we would be busier Uh than we were without a pandemic. But in having that business, and it presented a challenge to my industry, the hospitality industry, mm-hmm. but, and we were ready to challenge and go after it, but one one thing really happened that was also much bigger than I ever thought. There was not enough housing or not enough people to work to begin to take care of that. And while that affects the hospitality, it also affects the exactly. medical uh, mm-hmm. family and, and, right. and mm-hmm. et cetera. And there's such a wide variety of different people that you have to have in, in all those uh, kind of jobs. And right. Right, all the way from a dishwasher to a, a general manager that can take care of. And a typical restaurant would have anywhere from, you know, 25 to 50 people, a few, few less, a few more. But that was generally the number of the people they would have. So I think workforce housing is, to me, right. one of the things that we're going to have to do to begin to not only take but to be attractive to the people that come to the outer banks and be able to manage them mm-hmm. in a professional way that they feel like that they've been treated well not particularly by joe's restaurant or john's place but by the right. training and everything in general and i think that would transpire throughout every industry that we have on the outer banks absolutely and we want them to come back too yeah Right. So they had a good experience. We want them to come back. Exactly. So I wonder if um, the parade, (laughs) Kelly's parade will be bigger this year, do you think, with more people? And it was canceled the last two years. The last two years that we were canceled. In 2020, we talked to Health and Human Services. Sheila Davis did a great job of communication. communication. She was awesome. Amazing. She said, no problem. We will support you. And I said, we have COVID on the perimeter here. We do not know what COVID is as a population. Didn't right. know, did, had no idea in March of 2020 what COVID was going to entail That's and begin right. to how it would affect us. And the uh, governor had his first press conference on t- TV and and on radio and everything else. And when he got off, Sheila called me within an hour and said, <laughs> Mike, I think that we're not going to be able to support you with your parade, mainly because they didn't know what was going to right. begin to happen. Right. So Nobody we can- knew. Yeah. We canceled the parade as a public service sure, uh, factor so that, so that it would, uh, it would, everything would go. And then last year, we tried to put it together, but it just wasn't getting any footing anywhere mm. as far as with the COVID, what was beginning to happen. So we're real excited this year. We think that there's a great deal of enthusiasm and excitement about the parade, about in this situation where people get, get out, and it's always the Sunday before St. Patrick's Day or Sunday after. My children, my two grandsons, they used to carry the banner of the parade, and mm. they've gotten to be 14 and 10. The 14-year-old <laughs> says, uh, Grandpa, I can't carry the banner this year. And so, well, he, he's, he's playing some baseball, but he's, uh, also, he's also 14, and yeah. that's, not, that's not what he <laughs> wants to do. That's not But my other granddaughter that's six, that was three when the last time we had a parade, uh, she's going to have a level of excitement and enthusiasm that uh, this would more than make up for it. So the youth are the ones that have really mm-hmm. carried the parade and get mm-hmm. people interested. And the families go and they realize they have such a good time. Absolutely. So anyway, we're excited and uh, we think it's going to be on the uh, 20th of March. It starts at 1 p.m. Probably lasts to about 2.33 o'clock. 
and looking forward to it. And we're looking forward to congratulating the Adelbanks Hospital for being here for 20 years and not only congratulating them, but thanking them and their expansion and everything they've done. And then likewise, we had in 2020, Coastal Humane was our grand marshal and they're backing them up because they're on their 22nd anniversary. Mm -hmm. So we're between people and dogs, we'll have it all covered. <laughs> we're very excited yes. to be co-marshals this year we and we so can't excited. wait. We've got our float all planned and we're going to have our team members that have 20 years of service on the float. Excellent. Um, so, so I have to ask, because that's one of my favorite events living in this town is the St. Patrick's Day Parade. Tell us how it got started. We had a, a staff <laughs> retreat, yeah. and we retreated it to uh, Sandling and uh, did something on one afternoon, and then the next morning, and we were closed for business that night. And I think it was in January or February, and probably about 1988 or 1989, <laughs> and we were talking about things and training, et cetera, and everything as far as the hospitality business. And then we had a miscellaneous time when we began <laughs> to talk about things that should be done on the Outer Banks. And it was my idea that the Outer Banks did not have a parade. Hmm. We had a parade over in Manio at right. Christmas, and they did That's a really, right, good yeah. job, really good job with that. But on the beach itself, and we were very limited to the time frames that we could begin to have parades. In the summertime, we were way too crowded and, mm. and too, much, mm. too much traffic, and, and everybody, the local people, couldn't get involved. And then in September and October were potential hurricane-type times, and you didn't, you didn't want to <laughs> Not begin a good idea. To, to do it like that. <laughs> and January and uh, February were probably a little bit too chilly. And uh, so we really got down to March was a time... And we, being Kelly's restaurant, so we decided to be Kelly's St. Patrick's Day Parade. And it dovetailed and, and did an excellent fit. Gino Blennis, who was the then director of the Dare County Tourist Bureau, he just began to say, Mike, this is great. This kicks <laughs> off the year. It gets everybody excited. It gets all the local people. And the one thing I will say is, is we've done no advertising out <laughs> of the area mm -hmm. and kept all the marketing limited to Dare County itself, not for any other reason than to say Outerbanks family affair. Right, right. And I tell people that if you want to go to the parade, we'd love for you to go, and I think that you'll really enjoy it. But I'll tell you two things. It is not Macy's. It will not. <laughs> it, it will, it's it will better not be than Macy's. Macy's. Better than but, Macy's. But it is Norman Rockwell. And it if is. Any, and if anybody, it's amazing. If anybody knows anything about Norman yes. Rockwell, it's just you have the garbage truck being followed <laughs> by, by the out of back for dance studio. That's to right. To be followed by the Boy Scouts. To be followed by the termite uh, pest control type people. And they're all having a good time. They're marketing their business. Yes. They're seeing their, their friends and, the and, friends and everything. And guaranteed, you'll get five times more candy than you do on, <laughs> uh, on Halloween. It's very spontaneous. You can't really begin. You organize it. You get people to come out. You tell them what, what they can't do, what they need to do. They need to be careful with children around the floats and mm -hmm. things like that and, mm -hmm. and everything else. But... You sort of got to let it, let them wing it the rest of it. Cause That's you can't, what makes it great. You, you it, can't begin to, to be in charge of every, yeah. every portion of it. We look yeah. forward. I've always so looked excited. forward yes. to it. It's great. And it's we can't wait to thing. march in it. Yeah. So we'll see you on the 20th. Any other thoughts about the Outer Banks and health care before the hospital? Anything else you want to share? Uh, well, 
I hope that I'm around to be here for the 40th anniversary of the Outer Banks. <laughs> so do we. You will. And, and so, again, it's sort of like the parade. I can't begin to think of all the things that, that we will be expecting and how medicine and, mm-hmm. med- and care will be taken yeah. care of mm-hmm. and how it will begin to expand and what it will begin to do. I've been happy because for all those needs that have had to be met, that the Outer Banks Hospital has done a wonderful job of ponying up and filling those voids and being able to offer services that we had only imagined just 10 to 20 years earlier, or maybe not, didn't even imagine. But now they're beginning to be a staple part of the industry and part of what you begin to do. And again, thank you both for your involvement and the people that we've had on the front line and and administration have been wonderful over the years. Mm -hmm. We've benefited from their knowledge and their wanting to work and wanting to offer things that begin to happen. So I am excited about the fact of the potential and what we're going to be able to offer in the future. You have always been a big supporter of the hospital and we really thank you for that, Mike. And we thank you for joining us today too. Oh, thank you, Wendy. Thank you, Denise. Absolutely. So if you've enjoyed this podcast, share it on your social channels. To hear more Outer Banks health history, check out the library at theobh.com slash podcast. This is your host, Denise Schnabel. Stay safe.